What is going on, guys? Welcome to okay. episode two of the Keel Pro Dynasty Show. I'm your host, Caleb, and yes, I am back with a second pod this week. There is just so much NFL news that has come up over the past couple days with these franchise tags that I didn't think we could wait till next week. So today, joining me, we have another special guest, a two-time Web.com Dynasty champion, Web.com Dynasty podcast member, and another co-founder of Scouts Elite. No, it isn't Mingo Fresh again. It is Frazier Fresh, Austin Brock. How are we doing, Frazier? Good. Thanks for having me on. Honored to be here. Not quite as honored as Mango to be the first one, but pretty close. Um, I'm going to just put the nose to the grindstone. I'll try and be first on your next podcast that you release. So, you know, if you ain't first, you're last. But, you know what? Still pretty honored. Yeah, I might have to do some sort of a power rankings behind the scenes, see Mm -hmm. how these first few guests go and see where I'm feeling better. But uh, it's great to have you on. Uh, It felt right to have both the web podcast guys on my first couple episodes to sort of ease into the process since we all have a good chemistry. But Mm -hmm. enough of that. Let's get right into it. We've got some big stories today. Some of the bigger ones are Chris Godwin getting the franchise tag, Kenny Galladay not receiving the franchise tag, and Nikhil Harry trade rumors. But we start today with Bears wide receiver Allen Robinson getting the franchise tag. I know there's been some free Allen Robinson folks out there. Um, What do you think about this? Would you rather see him go somewhere else? And what are your expectations for him in 2021? Yeah, I, I definitely was like everyone else would have preferred him to get to a place where he had a decent quarterback play, maybe a little better franchise. Um, but I know I saw some rumblings of a tag and trade. I don't know if that's still if that would have happened already, um, but you never know. He still could get freed. There's been some rumblings of Russell Wilson to the Bears, too. So you never know how this situation could change. But as of now, just kind of status quo, I would expect kind of similar numbers to last year. Um, would have definitely preferred him not to be in the Bears, and it could still happen, but still status quo for Allen Robinson um, right there, borderline wide receiver one. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, there I did see that uh, the tag and trade kind of deal. I don't know how soon mm-hmm. that would happen to happen to make it go through, but even with people wanting him to be free, he's still been a top 10 PPR wide receiver the last two seasons. And it comes from all these targets he gets. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. They're still throwing him the ball. And mm-hmm. in the four seasons that he's played 16 games, he's received over 150 targets. So I, obviously we don't know exactly what it's going to be like with the bears this season. If somehow Russ got there, that'd be insane, but you know, yeah. he's going to be getting those targets and, uh, uh, quarterbacks go his way, look his way no matter what. So, Yeah, it's tough because he's someone, if he had a quarterback, he'd be talking maybe top five wide receiver. But So it's kind of sucks that if you had him, you're maybe looking forward to that. But still, he's just underrated. He's had a weird career where he had that huge season in season two, I think, with 14 touchdowns. Yeah. And then he had those two injury riddled years, which kind of uh stopped his value a little bit where people kind of just think of him as like oh alan robinson is always just boring numbers but yeah he's still still a guy that gets a bunch of targets and does a lot with him yeah i don't know ever since that when he's dropped down after that he's never really gotten back up to the value that people were expecting and i feel like you would never get the value that you should for a guy like him but definitely a good guy to have on your dynasty team Mm-hmm. On to the next next one, we've got the Jets franchise-tagging DB Marcus May. So this was the guy that sort of had to try and fill the shoes of Jamal Adams. And 
in week one this season, it sort of looked like he was going to do that. He had 10 tackles, two tackle for losses, two sacks, and a forced fumble. But the rest of the season, he didn't record a sack. He matched that two tackle for loss number and just one forced fumble. So doesn't really have that playmaking ability, maybe a startable asset. But what are your thoughts on Marcus May? Uh, this might be my first little take. I think Marcus May could be a potential guy next year. Maybe oh. we see a little bit more of uh, the way he started. Because I know he started, they started with McDougal as a free safety. So they gave Marcus May that kind of strong safety role, which just kind of led to all those tackles. Yeah. And then I think McDougal got hurt or something like in week six. And he moved back to free safety, which he had played um, for most of his career up to that point. So... And now with uh, Salah coming in, I've heard that he kind of plays more of a balanced role. So maybe, I don't know how Ashton Davis fits into this, but I think he's more of like that free safety role. So maybe Marcus May kind of goes back into that role. Uh, Maybe not quite as much as he started the season with, but I think maybe we could find some sort of a middle ground with Marcus May this year between his start and his... uh, middle of the year so maybe possible guy to maybe look at a buy low yeah i didn't really think about that there's nowhere to go but up i suppose with the coaching staff that has left and what they brought in a defensive minded coach uh yeah i agree ashton davis is probably more like a free safety guy so if he gets back to that normal role possibly with the the fire from Salah, i could definitely see him improving this season um he was not really a flashy player this year, but possibly Salah unlocks that potential in him. Yeah. All right, on to the next story. We have Devin Funches taking a pay cut to stay with the Packers. Even as a Packers fan, I almost forgot about this guy. He opted out for COVID. He's turning 27 yeah. in May. Is he worthy of a stash? Uh, what, what do you think of Funches? I don't know. He's probably at most people's wires. Um, so he could be, I think he's worth a pickup. I don't know how he fits into the offense. I was shocked to learn he was still only 27. It feels like he's been around forever. Um, but he could maybe uh, stop the Packers from maybe investing that first round pick into a wide receiver by him being back. I'm not sure if maybe he could take kind of that Lazard role or if Lazard keeps it. I think that might be a little bit of a battle, but I think if he's on the wire in your leagues, it could be worth a pickup. Um, I don't think I would go trading for him, though, because if someone has him, I'm guessing they kind of like him. Yeah, I wouldn't not be going out and trying to buy him, but he's interesting, I guess, if he can somehow, you know, Lazard looked solid for most of uh, the year when he was healthy, but you never know, Funches was a guy that went out and got, and maybe he takes over one of those uh, receiving roles in Green Bay. True, and... Those Green Bay wide receivers have had their injury issues these past years, so never know what could happen. Yeah, could get an increased opportunity at some point. All right, on to a big one. Chris Godwin getting the franchise tag. Um, It was sort of a down year with him. He had some injuries that he played through, so I still think he's one of the the better dynasty wide receivers you can go out and get. Maybe there's a buy window here with the down year, but um, I think I saw that the tag, they're also trying to – to get a long-term deal with him. So odds are maybe Godwin moving forward on the Buccaneers. But what do you think of Chris Godwin? Uh, I, I still like him a lot. I mean, even though he had those injury issues, if you take his per games, he would have been around 86, uh, almost 1,100 yards, about nine touchdowns, which is kind of all right where you'd expect him to be. So 
I think if someone's a little bit nervous from the year he had, maybe thinking Tom Brady doesn't throw to him quite a bit or quite enough, um, I think you have an opportunity there for to potentially buy high maybe on him um, and hope that he stays healthy this year and Brady throws his way a little bit more. I could definitely see this as a possibility to get in on a guy who a lot of people had as a top five dynasty wide receiver last year at this time. So yeah, he was an opportunity. He was coming into the year with right on that, right on that top five wide receiver um, for dynasty. And yeah, there might be an opening here. I don't, I could see those per game numbers were really nice when he was healthy. And yeah, if you, if you can get a chance to go get him, he's a top dynasty asset. So on to the next one. This is a kind of an interesting one. Giants have franchise tag defensive lineman Leonard Williams. And this is, when you look at his numbers, he's one of the most surprising guys from this past season. Uh, in in web, dyna- or, uh, web defensive scoring with the Buffs, he would have been the number four scoring defensive lineman this past season. And I'd have to say that would be the quietest number four scoring defensive line season ever. He was a first-round pick by the Jets in 2015. He sort of had a journeyman way to the Giants. Are we finally seeing his potential here and with another season in New York, or was this just sort of a flash in the pan? Uh, it's tough to say. I I was It was definitely quiet because I was almost – I don't think I knew about it until today when, when you mentioned yeah. it. So, I mean, I saw that he had three and a half sacks in week 17, so that kind of uh, buoyed it up a little bit, but – this could be, I know I remember hearing his name throughout Twitter throughout the year that he was playing better. So, And he was a guy that had a lot of potential, I think, to maybe be a good IDP asset as an interior lineman, and he showed it last year. So if he can build on that Week 17, and maybe a lot of people don't know about it yet because I didn't know about it until today either. So maybe you can go out and sneakily get him. I mean, he might, I don't think he's probably on wires, but he might be able to go out and trade for someone. Yeah, I didn't realize it really either. I started doing the IDP Army stuff uh, the last couple weeks of the season, so I was just trying to tweet out some guys or having big games, and then Leonard Williams had like this 30-point yeah. fantasy performance. I'm like, wow. And I looked at his numbers for the season, and they weren't great. He didn't have a lot of tackle numbers, but he had these big bursts in random games. I was like, well, I that that might be a startable guy. Uh, he really, last season he had .5 sacks, and he turned that into 11.5 this year. So over, and he over doubled his points production. So obvious improvement there. It's not a guy I'm probably. We still gotta see. It's not a guy I'm like super hard to get. But he's probably undervalued right now, just because, mm-hmm. like you said, you didn't really realize what he did. And the defensive line landscape, at least the last year, it was pretty desolate. Not a whole lot of points there. So you, if you can find guys like a Leonard Williams, um, definitely go go get him. It's, it's tough, too, because it depends on the league. Because if, if you have a D-tackle spot and he's got D-tackle eligibility, that Ooh. changes the whole game. Cause, that he's a weapon. <laughs> yeah. Those, like, if you don't, if he's just a D-lineman and he kind of groups together with all those uh, Miles Garrett types, I think his upside's kind of capped. So it's probably about what he did last year. So if you do have a D-tackle spot, though, but if you do, that guy's probably already aware of what he has with him. So Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Definitely a guy, if he can keep up the production, that would be really good to see. Um, on to the next one. Levante David, two-year, $25 million deer with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This season, he finished just outside of the top 12 in linebacker scoring. I feel like he's, he's at the later part of his career here, but he's still a solid linebacker, too. What are your take on uh, Levante? 
He's had a weird career because he started out as he kind of was like the Devin White of his era. Yeah. He'd go out and get all those big plays and all that. And then he had those few off years where I don't think he was hurt, if I remember correctly, but he only had like 80 or 90 tackles. But he's kind of settled into this 120-ish tackle kind of guy these past two years. And I think that's just going to keep on going for him, at least for this year, I would say. I would maybe be nervous about some regression in the year after, but... The biggest thing, I think this is huge for Devin White because I know Levante takes a lot of that coverage responsibility, which kind of frees up Devin White to have the, the type of year he had last year. Yeah, definitely. And I like how you said that, too. It's like they've sort of reversed roles where Devin White is now the the yeah. Levante David of early. But, yeah, Levante's come around. I'd, he hasn't really shown much signs of slowing down, I agree. At least this year you should still be able to get good production out of him. And it's nice for that defense that's already so good um, to have those two in the linebacker position. Yeah. Definitely nice for Tampa. Yeah, and if you if you start three linebackers in your league, you, he's a great LB3 or two. You just know what you're going to get. And I think that's going to continue to be the case for 2021. All right, on to the releases, or more so this week, the guys who haven't been franchise tagged. There's a big list of guys here. We'll start it off with Kenny Galladay, who we talked about on the first podcast with Mingo Fresh, where there was rumors whether he would be or wouldn't be. He's not going to be franchise tagged. Doesn't look like they're getting a long-term deal with him. So Kenny Galladay owners probably happy to see him leave Detroit. What are, what do you think about this and how it impacts the also the Detroit receivers who we talked about last week as yeah. well? Yeah, I think it's definitely good for Galladay. As soon as Goff came over, I was a little bit nervous <laughs> for him. I mean, I think he needs... Um, to be to have a quarterback that's going to just throw it up to him, um, whereas I think the Lions are going to kind of maybe use Goff similar to the way he was used in St. Louis, kind of just that rhythm passing game. Um, so, yeah, I definitely am glad that he's going to get out of that situation. I still want him to go to a place where the quarterback's going to throw it, throw it up to him because that's kind of just the way, he, the way his game is. And also he's got to stay healthy. So there's a lot of concerns with Galladay. If you got him, you're definitely just holding him at this point. I don't think there'd be a chance to even buy because his value is just so no. so suppressed already. But, yeah, and as far as the Lions wide receiver room, I could definitely see them taking um, a wide receiver at, I believe, seven. Um, so if a quarterback doesn't fall to him that they want, um, so then maybe even sign a different guy, maybe a cheaper guy. But. As far as Tyrell and Cephas, I'd be shocked if they go in with those as their top two wide receivers. Yeah, that would not be ideal. Um, yeah. I still think I would trade a fourth for Cephas. That's that's for me. But um, like you said with Galladay, it's it's nice to see him go somewhere else. I didn't want him with Goff either, but not really out of the woods yet. There's some teams yeah. out there. Like if you went to the Patriots, I don't know with Cam, maybe you'd see, but you, you got to see where he lands before you get too excited. Cause there are some situations out there where you wouldn't really like to see him yeah. and obviously the injury issues. So, all right, on to the next one, Bud Dupree Steelers edge rusher will not be franchise tagged. And he was another guy who quietly had a really good season. Problem is he doesn't have DL eligibility. So he's, He's a linebacker that gets good sacks. I mean, he had eight sacks, 15 QB hits in 11 games before he got a uh, season-ending injury. But when he doesn't have any sort of a tackle floor, there were weeks where he had 
zero points, two points. So uh, he's an interesting player to see where he goes. And then that opens the door for Alex Highsmith as well. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'd definitely be excited about Alex Highsmith for the time being. You never know what could happen in the draft. I think this is a tough time to kind of be those like one-year guys who were third-rounders last year because you just never know who the Steelers, I mean, they could easily draft another edge guy in round two and maybe that guy gets the gets the nod. But you can definitely not complain about Alex Highsmith's numbers last year. I know he had a lot of pressures. Yeah, uh, maybe he was... didn't turn it. Yeah, he was fifth among rookie it. pressures um, behind Chase Young, Derek Brown, and Clavon Chason. So pretty good group to be in. Yeah, and he's definitely, I heard his name a lot on Twitter. Um, as far as Bud Dupree, it's going to be interesting to see where he lands. Maybe he gets in a scheme where he gets that DL eligibility um, on Sleeper. If you play something, I know I've heard true position. I'm just now hmm. hearing that that term. I'm not, I haven't even looked into it yet, but then maybe that's a guy that you can just play as an edge. But if he got that, then it's looking up because his stat line looks a lot better as an edge. Yeah, as if he would have had that edge or defensive line eligibility, he would have been one of the top guys. And if he does go to a system where he gets that, I would definitely like to have him. And, yeah, Alex Highsmith, probably in a solid stash for you right now. Um, wasn't super flashy, but like I said, the pressure numbers were there. And if they don't end up taking anyone in the draft to replace him, he'll be on the mm-hmm. opposite side of TJ Watt, which is a pretty nice spot to be in. Then yeah. next we have Hunter Henry, Chargers tight end, will not be franchise tagged. And he's had an interesting career as well. He was coming up. He was supposed to be one of the top tight ends. And he's dealt with some injuries. It hasn't really come through. And I guess the Chargers never – they didn't really feel like they – he was pretty much expendable for them. So Hunter Henry, we'll see where he goes. And that also mm-hmm. opens the door for maybe Donald Parham, uh, 23-year-old tight end, big dude, had some XFL experience. Uh, what do you think about uh, Parham possibly being the guy and Hunter Henry leaving? Um, I think from what I've seen from Chargers Twitter and all that and just Chargers beat reporters is they don't think Parham – Parham is ready for that full-on tight end role. He just hasn't um, ascended as a blocker enough. So I I would try and sell if anyone is interested in Parham. Um, plus, I know like we talked about in the web podcast all year, if, if you don't have one of those elite tight ends, I mean, you could probably get anybody. So if you get this guy who's got some hype going, it might be best to kind of transfer that into maybe a running back or wide receiver that you like have a little bit better chance and with the hunter henry thing i think there's still a chance they bring him back maybe they get him to a deal um it wasn't a good sign that they didn't tag him because i feel like they would have tagged him probably if they're close to a deal but i still think there's a possibility he comes back just because they don't have many other options <laughs> no yeah and i'm with yeah. you i wouldn't i would not be if you're going out and buying Donald Parham right now, you're probably doing it wrong. Like this is a guy you you could have stashed at the end of the year and maybe wait and yeah. see what happened. But uh, there's we're way too early into the off season here to be going out and getting raw guys like this. I mean he he had some interesting numbers. I think three touchdowns on ten receptions, and he's in the Chargers mm-hmm. offense. So kind of a fun player to look at, but I I wouldn't be buying him anywhere. It's just. Um, yeah. The hype train gets a little out of control with some of these guys when these these come through. Yeah, honestly, didn't know a lot about Parham until this week, but 
Definitely when you see 6'8", and you see 240, yeah. and you see he runs a 4'7". Get a little excited. Think, Feel a little you know, something. Like, this guy probably <laughs> plays basketball. Yeah. And, yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to monitor. Um, if you can stash Parham, go for it. But I wouldn't be going out and paying stuff for him. Yeah, I was going to well, ask what you think about potential landing spots for Henry. I heard the Bills, and I thought that would be kind of fun. That would be nice because we talked last week about how the Bills might be looking to bring in a tight end. Yeah. Uh, I would like that there. As long as he'd be able to stay healthy, I think he'd fit that offense perfectly. I love that. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, I also heard the Patriots as well, which is meh. But, yeah, yeah. The Patriots just turn into just pass catchers go to die. It feels like to me, I just hear it shudder. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. I saw, I saw Kenny Galladay to go there. I saw all these names. I'm just like, yeah, I'd, I'd rather not. But yeah. All right, next one. Chris Carson not expected to be franchise tagged. Uh, interested in your thoughts on this one. I know you're a Chris Carson owner in Web. Uh, mm-hmm. What are you thinking with Chris Carson moving forward? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I'm. I thought maybe they'd try to extend them. Um, I know they like him a lot. Um. I, I'm excited for maybe Rashad Penny season. Um, that could be interesting. I haven't heard his name in a while. Um, <laughs> but as far as Carson, I know there's a few landing spots. I saw the Bills thrown out as a possible spot for him. I was like, that would be incredible. Maybe yeah. even better than the Seahawks. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what the market is for him because he just feels like a guy where people are constantly going to be like, hey, maybe I could just do a little bit better. Maybe I could get Aaron Jones and if the market's bad I can maybe see him just coming back to the Seahawks on a one-year deal and trying it again next year but it's interesting as a as a Carson owner I think he's going to go to a spot where he'll still get carries I think he'll just continue to be undervalued and produce as long as he's healthy so yeah he's had a solid career and I'm with you he's never really gotten the respect he deserves he's been a, a very solid option he's had some injury issues. He's never played a full NFL season. Um, there's a little bit up in the air now with it if he's not coming back to Seattle. But, yeah, I think there's some situations he could go to where he could be a solid RB2 kind of guy still. But, you know, mm-hmm. it's running back. So you don't yeah. know. We're getting to year, what, four here, year four or five. So yeah. he, he might be wearing down. You don't know. Go to the new team. It sort of just drops off drastically. So I'd be okay with trying to sell him right now see what you could get test the market just with you know uh where it's where it's going but he's still a guy i could see having a nice rb2 season next year yeah the the thing that would make me excited about carson that kind of gets overlooked because he got injured pretty early in the year but he was getting pretty involved in the passing game those first few weeks so maybe a potential sign of things that could come later at a either the seahawks again or a new team yeah, and there's so much up in the. I was gonna say about Rashad Penny. I do you expect him if if Carson doesn't come back? Do you expect him to be a starting running back? There's so much up in the air. Yeah, there's Russell Russell rumors and mm-hmm. I don't know. They but the Seahawks always have an interest. I mean, they drafted Rashad Penny with a first round draft pick, so I could see them doing something weird like that again, where they like, oh, we got to get our guy. Uh, yeah, Rashad's yeah, sort of falling out of nowhere. He. He sort of disappeared off the map for a little bit there, a couple of years. Yeah. And now he's, he, his name's back up, but he's had a, a weird career. I've heard rumblings about them bringing in like a Fournette type player, which would 
suck if you're a Penny owner, but the the heartbreaking thing about Penny is he was like looking good, I think, at the end of 2019, and that's right when he tore that ACL and yep. just fell off the face of the earth. So if the Seahawks saw that, then I'd say if they don't bring in a running back, that that might be a sign that they feel that way about him too, that they remember that hot stretch in 2019, and maybe they're confident in him doing that in 2021 and leading that backfield for maybe one more year while he, while he's under contract. So Yeah, they've got uh, DJ Dallas, too, who they drafted last year. I know some people like him, so mm-hmm. it's a backfield to look at. Whoever emerges out of that is probably going to be putting up pretty good numbers. So uh, whatever that, however that gets sorted out, um, Seahawks running back is, will be an interesting spot. Big one here, Aaron Jones. Probably pretty much saw this one coming. Aaron Jones not getting franchise tagged. We talked about him last mm-hmm. week, maybe going to the Dolphins. Um, we've also got the AJ Dillon hype that comes from this as well. Where where are you at with this move? Uh, the the AJ Dillon hype seems to be the talk of the town on it's Twitter lately. Right now, <laughs> like absurd. Um, and I am a big AJ Dillon fan. Have been since. I mean, I was a little bit mixed on him, and then the Packers picked him pretty early, which made me think they were confident in him. And then he looked good in training camp. He he didn't play much, but then he looked good down the stretch as well. Um, so I'm I'm pretty aboard the AJ Dillon train for next year. I think he's got RB1 potential like Aaron Jones. But one thing that makes me nervous is how there's been enough like stories of the Packers trying to sign. Aaron Jones, like offering him nine million a year, that make me think that the Packers are maybe a little bit nervous about AJ Dillon, ah. which makes which makes me a little bit nervous. So it's like you drafted this guy in round two, and one year later you're trying to extend um, your main guy, which everyone thought you're trying to replace a year early. So that just it's a weird situation for me right now, and I'm just I'm I'm gonna stay away if I can. Yeah, I don't know. I obviously we all know my thoughts when it, they drafted J- Dylan, but when <laughs> when cooler heads prevailed, you know, he was a good value in rookie drafts just with the opportunity that could come from the next season. And now we're here, and I don't know. It's you, you probably can't go out and buy. You could maybe. It depends what the owner thinks. It's such a weird spot because you're gonna have to pay probably a first round pick to get him, but. You're also doing that for a guy who you you haven't really seen a whole lot yet. Like, um, I saw people were thinking about taking him over guys like Swift and even like a Dobbins. Yeah. I'm like, wow, That's, this is crazy. But that is a little crazy. Um, are there any are there any of the rookie running backs uh, you would take him over from this past year? Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Those main guys. Yeah, James Robinson. I would like him. James Robinson is interesting. That I think I'd try and pivot off of James Robinson to AJ Dillon if I had the opportunity. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's that seems fair. Yeah, like you said about AJ Dillon with the trying to trade for him, it's probably pretty pretty impossible because it's most likely an owner that invested a second round pick into yeah. him. They probably liked him enough to do that, and now they've sat on him for a year, so. It, just gonna be tough he's a tough buy um and there's enough there's enough like hype going where maybe it's possible but i i just don't know i think he's just a guy he's 
it's gonna have to watch out plays out yeah i agree all right on to the next one another guy not expected to be tagged or not getting tagged Johnu smith uh titans tight end i'm sort of when i was looking at it i'm sort of on this free Johnu smith train uh in that titans offense he showed flashes but he just didn't get as much work as I wanted um, two or less targets in six of the 15 games this season, which I just, just doesn't seem like enough for, for a guy who's athletic great after the catch. Uh, what are your thoughts on John Smith going forward? Yeah, I'm definitely glad to see him get out of that. Um, the weird thing looking at his uh, stats is I don't, cause he was touchdown dependent this year. He wasn't much better from like a yardage or catch standpoint, which is, Interesting, because what do we think about him if he had four touchdowns instead of eight this True. year? He's a guy that then you don't even consider having having broke out yet. So, And I think there's a lot of just weird situations. I saw the Patriots as a possible destination for him, which I don't know about how I would feel about that. But yeah, I wonder, John is an interesting wonder, one. I wonder how much he would run for, because, I mean, I'd love to see him with the Chargers if they could switch it around with Hen- instead of Henry Janu in that offense, I think would be a lot of yeah. fun. Uh, yeah, that could be nice. But this also opens up Anthony Ferkser. I know there's some people who kind of like him, but it's still that tight end role in Tennessee, which isn't heavily utilized and touchdown dependent. So I don't know if that's really a big thing. Yeah, I saw that he was a, I think he might be a free agent too. So maybe they oh, bring really? him back. Maybe there's a different free agent tight end that they want more, but. It's a it's an interesting thing with John who I feel like he could go somewhere where sky's the limit and he could get some major hype. So yeah. it's a weird time of year where you just kind of gotta wait these two months and just see how it all plays out. Yep, and don't want to overreact to too much of this. But all right, another one, Malcolm. Now we're onto the releases. We've got Malcolm Butler, Titans DB released, and this is another one. Another quiet top 10 performer, he, as a DB in 2020, um, I guess they, they're they done with him. And do you have any takes on Butler or this situation? Um, usually I don't go try to trace, chase corners unless I have a corner position. I'm not sure how many IDP leagues even have that anymore. I think they've all moved away from it. But the Titans seem to always have one of those corners that's got like 100 tackles, so... Um, maybe there's another up-and-coming player. I know I checked Sleeper, and it mentioned Dory Jackson or this guy, Christian Fulton. Yeah, I saw Christian Fulton, possibly. I agree. It's that it's that role. We saw it with uh, Logan Ryan the year before. He was, like, the number one scoring DB. Or, it yeah. might have been number one, and he was in that same sort of role where I don't know how it works like that, but... It has worked as a top 10 ass the past couple of years, and whoever takes that role has to be on your radar in IDP, I believe. Yeah, I think so. It's, I mean, two years, maybe one more year, and it's a trend. Um, yeah. I looked in a little bit into this Christian Fulton, and he kind of fits that mold that maybe that Logan Ryan and Malcolm Butler is six foot, 200 pounds. He didn't play much this year. I saw him getting snaps in the beginning of the year, and then all of a sudden he wasn't getting snaps, which makes me nervous, but. I mean, it's a complete fire. He's definitely probably on 100% of waiver wires, so it could yeah. be an interesting I, thing. Um, I, I like that yeah. as a stash. Um, just yeah. if he gets that spot, I mean, we, we see the history. Yeah. 
Next one, Emmanuel Sanders released by the Saints. Uh, I mean, he was a flex receiver at times this season, entering his age 34 season. Think there's anything left in the tank, and do you think any receivers from the Saints that are still there are going to get a bump from this? Um, man, it feels like we've been chasing that wide receiver too on the Saints yeah. for like four years. It's kind of like reminds me of the Packers a little bit. Yeah. Um, but it's been like the Trey Quan, and he just never quite does what you want. So, uh, I would just kind of avoid it. I mean, if Jameis gets the job, though. Then it gets interesting because we saw what he did with Godwin and Evans, but still, I think I think it's a guy that's probably not on the roster right now for the Saints yeah. wide receiver too. Yeah, I'm thinking the same thing. I'm looking who they have on there: Marquez Callaway, Deonta Harrison, Traquan Smith. Traquan's really the only guy that's had a little hype, but it doesn't seem like he's taking over that job. So I'd have to assume they're addressing it either in the draft or maybe another free agent receiver. Manuel mm-hmm. Sanders. I mean. I, it depends where he goes, but I think he's pretty much done, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I was actually going to compare Emmanuel Sanders to the next one you got on the list, John Brown. They both, as Ooh. far as where they go, they both feel similar in that you're probably just getting status quo from them. They're aging, but there are guys where they could go somewhere where if there's some some guy on a team that you got high hopes for, like a young guy, like, oh, he's about to get his opportunity on this team, and all of a sudden they sign a, a John Brown or an Emmanuel <laughs> Sanders, and it kind of ruins that. So I feel like there's a few out there that might get the a damper put on uh, a couple long shots by these vets. Yeah, you teased into it. John Brown released by the Bills. Um, I think maybe he has a little more upside still than Emmanuel Sanders. We saw flashes, obviously being in the Bills offense with Josh Allen helps, but he still kind of shows that deep ball threat. So I don't know if he's like, he's a guy you could maybe use as a flex starter somewhere if he gets to a nice situation, just hoping it's, it's a high risk um, or a high risk, high reward kind of guy. Um, yeah. But this also opens up the door for Gabriel Davis, who was one of the surprises of this past season, sort of came out of nowhere. And um, he showed a, I mean, he showed a lot. He had this great toe tap ability at the sidelines. You're in the Bills offense. What are your expectations for Gabriel Davis? I think, I mean, he had a pretty good year this year, definitely a really good year. If you factor in the expectations of a fourth round pick, I I'm not sure how they would go about if he's going to actually get that wide receiver two job, or maybe if they invest highly again in wide receiver position. But I think the Gabe Davis hype might get to a point where maybe you got to think about selling him this offseason just because it's, I mean, he's still a fourth round pick. He played well, but you just never know what they could bring in, whether it's a, a wide receiver on free agency or a wide receiver they draft in like the second round. But if he if he's not replaced, I think at this point he'd have to have a really good year to back up the hype I think he's about to get. So it's kind of an interesting spot for Gabe Davis, but he's someone I would maybe look at testing the market on, maybe package him for a more a better higher upside wide receiver. What do you think? Yeah, it's tough to say. I'm trying to think what I'd trade go out to get an acquire. I feel like you'd have to pay a second probably. I don't think the owner would accept a third for Gabriel Davis, but no. I I don't know. I just being in that offense and obviously I'm a Josh Allen stan, I 
you saw the flashes, and I know he didn't really have the draft capital or anything, but I I don't I don't know if I'm trying to go out and buy. I'd be testing the market. I don't know if I'm really trying to sell him right now. I just I kind of like where what we saw last year and being in that offense. Um, I I'd take a shot at Gabriel Davis. Hey, maybe maybe in a certain league we're together we can we can maybe ah, talk about Gabe Davis. Interesting. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll try that off the air. See what happens. <laughs> Last one, uh, Dan Bailey, kicker, released mm. by the Minnesota Vikings. This is pretty much just on here to trigger you. Do you have any other? Do you have any hot takes on the kicker position? Whether people should be using them in their leagues? Or uh, you, are you off the train? <laughs> I couldn't have told you what team Dan Bailey was released I, by. I had to look at <laughs> it a second time. <laughs> so. Uh, if you start a league, if you're listening and you're starting at Dynasty League, don't put kickers in because <laughs> you're going to have uh, the five people who who draft the good ones. They're never going to vote to get rid of them. And then you got the one or two traditionalists that won't vote either. And you'll be stuck with them forever. So that's that's what will happen. So don't man, do it. No salt there. Uh, come on, man. You'll be missing out on guys like Greg Zerline who had uh... – <laughs> he was putting up RB2 numbers that one year. That was electric. But, yeah. You I, know what? I, I'm starting but, the kicker stream this year. Maybe I can come on the podcast and I'll do a quick segment each week on my kicker stream. Oh, yeah. Stream. Kicker stream of the week. Yeah, I like yep. that. Now a quick PSA from our sponsor. Fire safety week is right around the corner. And here are a few important tips you might want to listen to. Wrapping your kids in newspaper at bedtime sounds like a good idea. Keeps them warm. But guess what? That stuff's flammable. Hey, we've all run around with an empty milk jug full of gasoline and lit it in an open field. But make sure there's a parent close by. All right. On to the rumor mill. Some interesting stories here. And we're going to start with Gus Edwards to return in 2021, possibly further. I just saw they placed a second-round tender on him, and I doubt anyone's mm. going to do anything with that. So Gus Edwards is going to be a Baltimore Raven this year, and if you're J.K. Dobbins owner, you're probably just punching a wall right now. <laughs> I feel like this, like, like Gus Edwards is still a solid back, but he, he takes away a little bit of Dobbins' opportunity. Uh, what has what he thought about this move? Uh, Gus... I, was there anyone out there who thought maybe he'd go to like a situation where he could be a lead back? There's a fantasy land where Gus Edwards goes to like the Miami Dolphins and puts up 1,200 yards. Oh, wow, uh, that that sounds incredible. That's got me feeling things. Um, but yeah, definitely gonna stay with the Ravens. So his upside's probably gonna be capped at what he was this year. But I mean. Gus Edwards is probably almost free right now. I think you could get him for probably a third and a non IDP, maybe even a fourth if you're in an IDP league. Um, but after the week seven bye, he was averaging 10 points per game and half PPR. So I think it's almost a free depth piece for if you're a contender and you're, and you're thin, which I know a lot of contenders are probably thin at running back on the bench. You could maybe just go out and get us the bus for almost free right now yeah i agree people like to make jokes and everything but he's he's definitely a guy who can play in the flex position and god forbid anything does happen to jk Dobbins, he's getting that full workload back mark ingram's gone so 
Yeah, Gus Edwards, if you can get him for pretty cheap and you need depth at running back, I would I would go for that for sure. Yeah, I didn't even think of the possibility of a Dobbins injury, but that would be full steam ahead because who knows what else they have. I mean, they got Justice Hill, but I mean, this is a potentially elite handcuff that also can get you 10 points a game while the starter is healthy. Yep, exactly. And this somehow turned into more of a Gus Edwards conversation than a J.K. Dobbins one. How wild. <laughs> All right, next rumor mill. Lions not against taking a quarterback in this year's draft, according to their GM. I, I would say this probably isn't a surprise. Do you think Jared Goff is just a bridge quarterback for them, or what's the plan there in Detroit? It'll hot up in the air right now. I think he's probably a bridge quarterback. The way I took that quote was they're not going to be – aggressive and like trade up into the top four to get one of those uh, top three quarterbacks but maybe say if like a Trey Lance falls there I could picture them taking Trey Lance there and maybe letting him sit behind Goff for a few years um, so that's the way I took that um, and yeah I think that could be an interesting landing spot for Trey Lance that I'd probably like actually I mean just I... Get, two, get one or two years on the bench behind Goff and kind of refine every part of his game since he's a pretty inexperienced prospect so could be a nice spot yeah, that's exactly what i was thinking i think that's one of the better landing spots for trey lance like you said it's sort of like jordan love last year where it was like he's, he has the tools but he's a bit raw he needs to sit behind someone for a little bit and that's exactly what he get in detroit and they'll slowly be building up that roster so maybe by the time you know, they're done with golf. They actually have weapons around him. So, yeah, I agree. I'd, I, As much as I hate the Lions, I would like to see Trey Lance in Detroit. That'd be a, a nice little scenario. Yeah. Giants, they will continue to feature tight end Evan Ingram this season, according to Joe Judge. Are you in or out on Evan Ingram? Uh, I, I just, I'm kind of both. I mean, he's been – he is what he is at this point. He's been – uh, on a yards per target basis, he's been pretty mediocre as far as those numbers. He gets a lot of targets, does oh, yeah. does stuff with them, but not as quite as much as he could. So I think I think he could actually be a decent buy because I think the fact that he's played pretty poorly overall and those kind of efficiency stats are going against him. So I think that's kind of baked into his price already. I mean, if he could harness that that rookie year magic again i think that's someone you could maybe buy at a decent price right now and get maybe a top five upside tight ends if they're if the giants plan on just using them the way they have yeah he keeps that upside because of those targets he gets it's just uh absurd obviously he has a lot of drops with those targets but yeah. he's got the athletic upside to be a playmaker in that offense i expect them to go out and get a receiver um I've seen Jalen Waddle mock to them, which I think would be really fun in New York. But either way, he should still be a, a pretty big part of that offense. So, yeah, if uh, if you want to go get Evan Ingram, what would you I, – I don't feel comfortable giving up a second. I mean, I feel like is that what an owner is looking for? Like, would you – I don't think I'd part with Evan Ingram for a third. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't part with him for a third. I think I – a second in an IDP league, I think I would give up. Evan Ingram, if someone was offering, probably not a late second, just because there's still top tight end upside. But 
I think if someone was offering like a mid to early second IDP league, I think I'd get rid of Evan Ingram. So if you believe in him, I think that's probably about a right price at this point. Yeah, I say that seems seems pretty fair. All right, another one. Nikhil Harry, we got trade rumors for the former first-round draft pick. Man, it's been a disappointing start to his career. Um, outside of the, the top 100 in wide receiver scoring each of his first two years, this, I would love to see a change of scenery. I feel like it just needs to happen. Got any yeah. Nikhil Harry takes? Yeah, that's not being in the top 100 twice in a row. Like, that's pretty impressively impressive. bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, honestly, I think I might be all the way out on Nikhil after this because if the team that drafted him in the first round is just out on him and they're trying to trade him, I I just think maybe you should just sell to anyone who maybe is doing that change of scenery thing that think he could be better. But I think the fact that the Pats invested the uh, first round pick into him and only two years later, they're already trying to get out. He's been pretty mediocre. That makes me incredibly nervous. Yeah. I'm out on him too. I'm not looking to acquire him anywhere. I don't really know a situation where he goes to where I'm like, well, this could. I mean, there might be a couple places, but I don't think it matters where he goes. I'm not really buying him anywhere unless it's future, yeah. future, future forth. And this this has got to be one of the biggest busts I can remember in the past five years or so. I mean, it's, it's great. And it's not even, I don't think it's really injuries that, or he's had some injuries, but like he was available yeah, he got, most of last season, I think. Uh, I think he got hurt the, first half and he came back and had a few flashes and then last year I mean I guess I could see someone being like yeah if he gets this change of scenery because last year the whole thing was just a dumpster fire so yeah I mean maybe if you still believe in him he could you could hold him but I just feel like if anyone's offering you even like a fourth I think I'm just ready to get out yeah, it kind of feels like a Josh Doxson flame out right here. Yeah. Going old wounds with that guy, but <laughs> sort of these big bodied receivers that just haven't really figured it out in the NFL. Mm-hmm. All right, last one. Jaguars are looking to add to the running back room, according to the Jaguars GM. He said, quote, I have a quote, we have to add some explosive to that room as well, and we have to be able to take some of the carries off of James and only ride a horse so long. So. I mean, you kind of had to see this coming. There was, like, no one else in the Jaguars running back room, but still, you're, you know you're not going to get probably the super bell call role you got this season with James Robinson. What do you th- Robinson, what do you think of him? That, that quote's interesting, considering he's only one year in and we're already dropping. You can only ride him so long. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it, it's kind of the reason that James Robinson price has been suppressed this past, like, few months. Everyone is nervous about it and then he just comes out and says it that they're looking to add a little bit in see i guess if it's a if they draft like a full-on scat back maybe i wouldn't be nervous but the way it sounded is they're gonna maybe invest in one of those uh after those top three running backs maybe one of those guys maybe a kenny gainwell and that would make me a little bit nervous um the fact that that I don't think that's the guy that brought in James Robinson makes me nervous that he's already saying that. So it's going to be a rough couple months for James Robinson owners kind of trying to dodge these bullets. 
Yeah, they were. it was only a matter of time until they started coming in. I know I sold him in one league. Not that I don't believe in talent. Obviously, what he did this season was great, but he's just he's not going to have that kind of role again. There's no way. There was just nothing after him. And they, in a down year where they didn't really – they weren't trying yeah. to say it. Like, they were just hammering it with him. So, yeah, the, the sell window might be kind of gone, but it might open back up if they don't really address it. So, mm-hmm. he's a hold right now. You're, it's that's what James Robinson is. It's when he's been for a bit. Uh, but yeah. owners could be scared. If you're a big James Robinson stan, now's now's your time yeah. to get him. I mean, you People, probably already have him, but <laughs> yeah, if you're a big James Robinson guy, there there was plenty of opportunities to go get him. I yeah. feel like, but yeah, it'll it'll be definitely a, a person or a player to monitor next season. All right. Last part here, we got a NFL draft prospect, uh, one that we had a spirited talk about over Twitter. <laughs> that is one North Carolina wide receiver, Diami Brown, 6'1", 185, over 1,000 yards receiving over the past two seasons. You're, it sounds like you're a big Diami Brown guy. What, what can you tell us about him? Um, just a guy that I like. I He's up to, uh, you mentioned 185. I heard he's up to 198 now. Um, but BMI as, people are going to be. Oh, oh, they love it. They love yep. it. Um, but the things to like about Diami, you mentioned he's got those two 1,000-yard seasons. He's got the production. If he's if he comes in at 6'1", 195-ish, something like that, that's kind of the, the size that I think we're looking for in today's yeah. NFL. Um and just that, and then you combine in, I think he's going to run. I think I exaggerate a little bit. Probably not 4-3-5, but this could be like a 4-4-2, four, 4-4-3 four, 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 oh, guy. You, is he I not mean, a 4-3 guy anymore? Oh, I think I was a little bit uh, inebriated oh. and <laughs> exaggerating. <laughs> uh, I should have put the house down. <laughs> um, but, yeah, if he comes in and runs a 4-4-2, four, four, um, I'm interested to see what the NFL thinks of him because if he gets into round two, you combine that type of production. I think that's you start to line up with some interesting players there because you get like those Juju's and Devontae's in that range um, with similar like production profiles and athleticism and all that. So if he goes in round three, then he's a little bit more of a flyer for me. Uh, round four, I'm out. Round four, I'm out. So, really? so set. yeah. We'll know exactly. Uh, we'll see when the draft happens. We'll know exactly where you're at with them. <laughs> yeah. So if he if he's like a round three guy, I think this is the potential in your rookie drafts in the second round. I think wide receiver one is a possibility with this guy. I mean, looking at film, he's he's great at the catch point. You mentioned like the James Washington style, where he's kind of just bullying people down there and making these absurd catches with people draped over him. But, I mean, I also think he's got a lot of potential, like, in the intermediate, just because of his deep game. I think people respect that a lot. Um, so I think he's – and I there's flashes of his film of him working the short routes too, which I'm excited about. And even his releases, some of them – I mean, I think he's got to work on some of those things uh, and the drops, but – the two things that I see knocks on him most are those drops and kind of a one-trick pony, and I think he's got the potential to cover that. So I see wide receiver one upside, and I I think in the second round you can 
take him, and I think you got to take him over some of these running backs that I see getting taken over him, basically anyone after the top three. So sure, that's my case for Diami. I think he's a great second-round pick in your rookie drafts. Yeah, I'm a little bit lower on him. I see more of a wide receiver, too. Uh, you brought up a lot of points that I like with him, though. I I think he's sort of a one-trick pony, but he does the one-trick really, really well, so that helps him a lot. Like you said, didn't really see a whole lot in the like intermediate short game, um, which obviously is area to grow, but kind of scares me a little bit. Uh, the drops, but yeah, I think he's a good value. For me, it would probably be like, Mid late second, maybe you can. I've seen, I've done some mocks lately where he falls like the early third, and I think that's a really good value for him just because he has that that upside, big play upside that the NFL loves. And like you said, if he gets high draft capital, that'd be huge for him. Um, he checks out pretty much all the boxes um, besides maybe the BMI, which apparently he's already working on, um, getting a little bit bigger. So yeah. Yeah, the other thing I like about him, too, is he's kind of, with his draft capital, I think those teams that have those good offenses are going to get chances to take a swing on this guy, whereas they might not get the chance on those top, That's those top true. three or four guys. So he might you're get into stuck with, like a... Yeah, you're yeah. kind of stuck with, like, Jamar going to, like, the Dolphins yeah. maybe or something. Like, okay, I, may, I like that. Yeah, whereas Diami, I could easily see him maybe ending up on like the Chiefs, which I feel like would just well, that would just break the he whole... would just skyrocket. I that <laughs> basically what you learn is that anyone that like we saw with Clyde last yeah. year, anyone that goes in the Chiefs offense just yeah. straight up. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, I think it's over for getting them for a late second if that happens. Yeah, no, you're. <laughs> You might enter late first or early second, definitely early second territory. Uh, but yeah, uh, if you guys want to check out some Diami Brown, I would go to the Keel Peretti YouTube channel. There's some cutoffs there. Uh, oh, yeah, I think it was four. I was there today. Oh, he was in it. He was in the lab. I love it. Yep. Yeah. Let us, let us know what you think. Are you are you big on Diami Brown or not? All right. Well, that pretty much wraps up this week's podcast. Um, Still made it pretty decent on time, a little longer than last week, but there were just a ton of stories over the past couple of days that I couldn't wait till Monday to to get a reaction. I'm glad you were able to adjust your schedule to join the pod. I think we got a lot of good, ton of info out there for the people to listen yeah. to. Uh, any final thoughts? Uh, yeah, it was a nice little emergency pod. <laughs> Thank you for having me on. I joked in the beginning, but I'm honored that I was still a top two guest. I like what you're doing here. I liked, I loved the first episode, the way the format went, just brushing over stuff real quick and keep on keeping on, keep doing it. Appreciate it. All right. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in. We'll catch you. I messed it up last time. I, who knows when the next pod is coming out. Maybe this weekend is going to be absolutely insane that we need a Saturday night pod, but I'll find us another guest for next time. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll catch you guys later. Because I can be impatient. I feel like joy because I'm badass, but I'll find sensation.